Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 21, Salvation. Premiered on April 27th, 2006, directed by Robert Singer and written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker. We are Natural, Natural, Natural friends. friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. Um, I put out a, another poll. You guys want to hear about it? Yes. Um, what would season one Sam Winchester's favorite film series be? So we had Star Wars, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, and Fast and the Furious. So uh, with 14% Star Wars, with... Uh, and tied as fast and the furious as 14 percent as well um harry potter 29 and indiana jones 43 so people think sam's into indiana jones apparently harry potter's the right answer i think <laughs> oh, oh absolutely that's a hard one it's a good question i like first i think what i appreciated most was the fact that these were all film series that were around in 2005, 2006. <laughs> That's a very good point. This week on Supernatural, Sam, Dean, and John team up to track down the next victims of the nursery fire demon. But Meg has other plans as she murders her way through John's friends and demands John bring her the cult that kills everything. The boys rescue the family from the nursery fire demon, but they don't manage to kill it. John tries to pull a sneaky on Meg, but gets captured. To be continued. So, Casey, you sent me that opening on YouTube with uh, Carry On My, My Wayward Son, right? Yeah. What was that song they used in Netflix for the opening? <laughs> Some garbage. Oh, my <laughs> God. Now, was it it's actually so bad. that bad or were you tainted by knowing what it should be? Because it is very good what it should be. Well, I guess uh, Bruce is the better one to answer that. Um. So I watched the what Casey sent me first. So I saw the Kansas one first. Um, it, it the clips put together are really good. So that's still really good, but it definitely takes away from it a little bit with uh, whatever the song that was because it's it's not even the same feel. It's a completely different like mood. <laughs> yeah, it's another example of this was clearly made to go along with "Carry On My Wayward Son." And when you lose that song, you completely lose the feel that was supposed to be there. I wish they like just asked for forgiveness instead of permission and just used it. Because I mean, is Kansas really going to not let that happen? Because <laughs> I, I assume they have the agreement for the rest of the seasons, right? So, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll see. <laughs> but that was, a, I mean, it was an awesome opening, regardless of which song you had on there. That was a fantastic um just montage of everything awesome that happened this uh, season. I totally forgot that Jess like was hanging out in a dress on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that was even a thing. 
this episode starts us off in a little town called Blue Earth, Minnesota, in a church. Hallowed ground. Bruce, did you immediately have an idea of who this was whenever you saw a person in the church? I did. I questioned it because I was like, it could be anybody. But um, I was like, is this Pastor Jim? And once he like ran down into the the basement with all the guns and stuff, I was like, yes, it is. This is him. (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) And then he dies. (sighs) (laughs) no (laughs) one quote that i really liked from pastor jim which i tried to like find out if there's a source for it or anything but i actually couldn't find it um salvation was created for sinners that's a nice quote Mm -hmm. so i hated meg in the past couple episodes that we talked about her she's still like slightly annoying but this first um opening scene with her was actually pretty awesome (laughs) Like that dialogue with her and Pastor Jim was pretty good. And I don't know, just uh, straight bad butt over here. <laughs> She's just a straight bad. <laughs> I can't think of bad another butt. word. <laughs> no, we're saying bad butt. She's bad butt. She's... That's going on the show. Yeah, I'd be interested in going back to the other Meg episodes and then taking a look at who the writers were. Um, I think this was the first time Sarah Gamble wrote Meg. And I think she just finally nailed the character. Um, That balance of annoying and evil. Not only this scene, but I think like the whole episode, it's the best version of Meg that we had so far. I don't think I find her as annoying as you do. (laughs) It's she's not like. I don't find her as annoying as Bruce does, but um, (laughs) there is definitely something like off about some of her like dialogue and actions in the past episode that I think are not there in this one. I like the idea of Pastor Jim fighting her and being this like hunter train John. That's going to be a prediction of mine. Um, But I like the idea of like a leader like God up against the demons. I don't know. Something is really cool about that. Like he's like pacifist, but will fight if necessary. Like, I don't know. That that was a neat, neat concept that we got to see in there. It's a good point with his cool knife throw. Throws like a girl (laughs) that would have missed. Why'd she even bother catching it? Right. (laughs) Show off (laughs) after, uh, Pastor Jim is taken out to slaughter. We transition to a hotel room with the boys and their dad, which is full of John's paperwork. Does he just carry that around with him everywhere he goes? Which paperwork? Like he had all of his research up on the walls and spread over the tables. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> every every hotel room he goes into, he takes 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to yeah, hang just- it back up. <laughs> Hold on, let me set this up. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, but priorities. <laughs> Gotta make this look nice. And that's when John kind of gives us the little info dump about what he's found out about the demon. That um, the families have all been attacked the night that the infants turn six months old. And that there are some demonic omens that predict the demon coming around. Like cattle deaths and temperature fluctuations, electrical storms, and crop failure. This man must have been, I mean, understandably obsessing over this to find, like, even looking for a pattern to figure out that there were 
weather fluctuations and electrical storms. It's pretty impressive. I think this season has done a nice job of kind of showing that John is much more brain than brawn. Hmm. Even like you guys said, the first time we met him, you expected him to come in guns blazing and just being a bad butt. <laughs> um, but that's not who he was. And that's not who he's shown to be. Even in this episode, he, um, whenever he goes to hang out with Meg, he's creating a plan that can try to overcome her and not just going in brute force, which I like. You almost see that when even just like anytime he's in character, um, that he's he's tired. Like he's been doing this a while and he's tired. And I I think that's kind of where they're going with that. Um, because even when he's sitting there talking with the his uh, with, uh, Sam and Dean in the hotel room, it almost looks like he's just this is you know he's he wants this to be over. And uh, I think that what makes this character great. Like there's this, there's so much story potential behind them. Like what happened those 10 years or whatever beforehand. I, I'd be curious to hear or see. I'm sure it's going to come up at some point. Hopefully. But John has followed these omens to a fictional town of Salvation, Iowa. And we got to see um, the sign thanking people for visiting Salvation. And on it, it says, are you ready for judgment day? JW227, which isn't real scripture. There is no JW227. Um, so the theory out there is that JW is for John Winchester. Hmm. What's 227? No idea. Hmm. <laughs> I thought the the scene where they pulled over was... A nice little scene of great acting by JDM when he finds out that his his good friend Pastor Jim died. I was a little frustrated, like the the whole cliche, like this ends now line uh, that ended that scene could have been removed because he acted so well without words that he started to say something and stopped and was like choked up and like. You could tell, especially with the boys, just like kind of staring at him like they've never seen this before, that he's he's usually more composed. And uh, this death really got to him. And it, and it does, which does a good job of letting you know, like, Pastor Jim is not just an acquaintance that they happen to know through hunting. Like, it really affected John. It, that speech right there reminded me of Dean. Um, before he got into the car um, with a little kid in the Stratega. <laughs> Dang it. Striga. <laughs> that monster in the Striga uh, episode um, where he, I forget what he says, but I want to kill him or whatever he says. It felt like a very, like you could see they are related <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, you know, comparing those two scenes. I really like the moment where I think it was Dean um realizes what's going on whenever their dad mentions that um Caleb found sulfur at Pastor Jim's place and then Dean's like the demon the demon <laughs> man you guys and your impressions of Dean like I just have flashbacks <laughs> like I'm there I just can't <laughs> that was really good <laughs> Uh, so they come up with a plan to um, check out the hospitals and find all the babies who are going to be turning six months old in the next week. 
And so Sam heads to a hospital and starts checking out birth certificates from 1998. <laughs> huh. Huh. Nice job, Sam. And also, those HIPAA laws, huh? They just... I just what? keep that out. I mean, even pretending it, to be a cop, I I would be shocked. <laughs> it was for an officer. <laughs> I was like, I, I was looking at his hair during that, and I was like, "Do you think that's an official police? <laughs> like, like people don't question this whatsoever." Where did Dean go? Did he go to a hospital as well? Yeah, Dean went to another hospital and um, got to, I don't know, try to flirt with the receptionist there. Um, so while she was making some slightly uncomfortable faces, did, uh, did you guys think anything? Like maybe... Hey, who is that? That's right, it's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured in this week's episode of Supernatural. So this week we are just going to hang out with our hospital receptionist who is clearly not in the mood for Dean's sh- Played by Sarinda Swan. Hey, who is that? You guys might know Sarinda from Reaper, Psych, Percy Jackson and the Olympians playing Aphrodite, maybe her appearance on Smallville as Zatanna Zatara, possibly playing Erica Reed on Breakout Kings, Agent Paige Arkin on Graceland, Medusa on the ABC failed adaptation of Marvel's Inhumans, or possibly currently on the CBC show Coroner, playing the titular Coroner. You know, you might also know her from a season six episode of Supernatural, playing a completely different character. That's how I know her. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on... Hey, who is that? On the short list? <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping I'd get to do Pastor Jim and Caleb, but like, I don't know, they both died or something as soon as they were on the show. I think it was Pastor Jim. He has no credits after Supernatural. Oh no! What if and then he Caleb has not done anything. <laughs> no, I couldn't. At least I couldn't find an obituary for him because I looked. <laughs> In a freak accident involving a prop knife. So <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. Oh god! <laughs> I loved John's tag collection. In his truck. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. I like the touch of organized chaos. He has a place for all his tags and stuff, and then he has to shuffle through it. Like he, It's not in any sort of order. So Sam had another secret daydream. Yeah, multiple of them, right? Multiple little ones or something? Multiple little ones, yeah, which led him to in front of this family's house and uses the surprisingly actually effective tactic of saying that you just moved in up the block. I wrote a note, note down for that. That's probably the most like realistic one that they could come up with at this point. Like, oh, that's believable. Yeah. Like um, whenever we moved in here last year, um, we take walks around the neighborhood and it's amazing how disarming it is for people once they find out that you moved in recently on the block. Huh. They'll suddenly just want to talk to you. Interesting. Yeah. You guys should try it out sometime. Greg, I know you're like super into being a creep. Or something, so, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, here's a secret daydream. And then they tell John, who was very upset that he was not called about this. Uh, I can't remember everything he said, but I was just really happy that 
uh, Dean called out John and he said, Sam called you when I was dying. It's like, yes. <laughs> uh, it was so beautiful. John's reaction to that was even better. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. But I don't like this new attitude you have. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> yeah, because even aside from like him blowing them off for those particular instances, it's still like, Dad, you ran away from home. We tried to find you for a year. Yeah, he's been having secret dreams, but uh, we haven't talked to you. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then Caleb dies. Caleb, no. So this is the moment that the boys find out that Meg is still, in fact, alive, despite being Hans Grubert out the window by the Davis. Is it, they didn't seem too surprised. They were like, huh, I thought you fell out a window, but they weren't like, oh my God, she's alive. Yeah, I mean, I think like they already knew she had some supernatural shit about her. So, um, and Meg requests to talk to dad. The grownups want to talk. I liked how for a second Sam was trying to do the whole, we're not together right now. Because I was like, oh, there's your plan. That's what you guys, what you guys were trying to do. <laughs> And they just didn't even try at that point. Like, you know, just talk to dad. <laughs> so Meg's plan is to get John to take the Colt to Lincoln. Um, because she's heard through the grapevine that they have the Colt, which I love this idea of Bruce. I think you've talked about it before is that there's just this underground network of these supernatural beings that communicate. Um, was it days ago? Maybe they got the Colt from this vampire and now suddenly just everyone knows about it. Yeah, I was thinking about it. it. Would be only the vampires would know. And I was like, "What are they really that chatty?" And I, either that, or they're somehow omniscient. I don't know how else they would figure that out. At least the two that got away, one of them definitely was very chatty. Oh, that's true. So Meg tells John to take it to the corner of Wabash, 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 Wabash. Wabash and Lake. Do you guys know those streets? Do not. So in the movie, The Matrix, there's a scene where Neo is instructed to go to the building at the corner of Wabash and Lake to find a phone. Wow. Wow. Deep. That was relevant during that time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so random. It's not even like uh, this particular building had such and such meaning in The Matrix. It's just like. No, this is just two street names in another movie. <laughs> and during all this talk, John reveals to the well, John reminds the boys that there's only four bullets left. When I could have sworn by our count we had five bullets left. Yeah, I couldn't remember because I knew I relied on whatever you guys said, and then I still couldn't remember what you guys said because you guys said something and I thought there was one more than that. <laughs> so I don't know. Bruce, during all of this where they're talking about John's going to go to Lincoln with the fake Colt, mm-hmm. were you starting to think that John might die? No. <laughs> no, no okay. I, uh, I, we're, if he's going to die, it's going to be next episode. Okay. He's too big of a character to just throw off. I thought it was funny. He, it just happened to work out correctly for Meg, but they tried to bluff and say like, oh, it's way too far, but they were in Indiana and even at, it's a made-up town, but even if they were on the other side of Indiana, it's only a five-hour drive. So I thought that was neat that they claimed they couldn't make it, but and like the time, the time frame actually worked in universe, which is not always true in this show. So that was pretty cool. They're, they're in Iowa. 
Iowa. Damn it. <laughs> I couldn't hear that word. So they were on the, even if they were on the other side of Iowa. It was a neat plan. I, I, I like that the whole thing was just like dad's going in. He's like, I, th- none of this is like a good idea, but he's just like, this will kill time. So <laughs> that was a cool, cool idea. Dad has a little bit of a speech before they all leave, I think. And he said, he goes, I want Sam to go back to school. I want Dean to have a house and I want Mary to be alive. And I, I, I loved that line. I, you know, I think there was a, his, the tears were welling up a little bit in that deliverance. And uh, I, I don't know if I cried yet, but I was definitely getting a little misty during that. Like it was a, it was a very powerful line and I loved it. He's just on another level compared to everyone else in this show. Knocked it out of the park, that scene, for sure. So we see John arrive at the warehouse in Lincoln, Nebraska. And our guy just decides to bless the whole damn water supply. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty cool. (laughs) I was waiting for him to get caught during that because it was such a long process. But (laughs) I'm so glad he didn't. That was a payout. So do you guys know how to make holy water? Because, oh, just FYI, John doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you toss a cross in, leave it in, <laughs> say, and some, say Latin. some Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Teach us how to make holy water. So I'll link to the whole thing in the show notes. But um, it actually starts with creating holy salt by exercising and blessing the salt. Then you get your water, exercise and bless the water, and then mix them together. Well, that just sounds like what he did with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, and there's, um, you know, different prayers and stuff that have to be said with it. But um, I don't know where his Latin or the rosary came from. But it's fine. It's fine. Everyone has their methods. Unwatchable. <laughs> Dean has a very Spider-Man line. Whenever he's in the car talking with Sam, nobody's dying tonight. I did get a little bit of a Spider-Man thought in all of this, because when uh, they start attacking like uh, Pastor Jim and what was the other guy's name? Caleb. Caleb. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that's why you have secret identities. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go back to Lincoln again. And Meg has the same impression about John that you guys did. She thought that he would be taller. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of cool like there's this legend of him and it's like um, it, it feels like it's just been passed down by person to person to demon to demon that there's this like crazy uh killer out there and when he shows up it's just like oh it's a guy <laughs> yeah i love this idea that these creatures have their own folklore about john winchester so do we think he's like the best of the best or like up there then because now say at least up there yeah yeah now that we're talking about it, i i didn't really think it all the way through of like for him to be so well known he must be pretty good and then yeah like because there's other hunters that we don't even know about so he must be pretty pretty good and in case you didn't know that's also i don't know if it's purposefully but it's a roadhouse reference that line I thought you'd be taller was used in Roadhouse because it was the same thing. Like he was this bad butt bouncer who could kick anybody's butt 
and everyone heard the legends and then he shows up and they're like, huh, oh, I thought you'd be taller. So here we're introduced to another demon named Tom who has this this wonderful plan. So <laughs> um, John hands the call over to Tom and, you know, there's only two ways this could play out. Either he really doesn't care about Meg and if the cult works, Meg's dead. Or Tom is dramatic as hell, <laughs> immediately knows it's a fake, and just decides to shoot it to show it. I'm going with number one. Yeah. Um, because, like, I, I've I've predicted this a little bit, that Meg is kind of like a throwaway, not a throwaway character, but in the grand scheme of things, she's not important. Mm. So if he kills her, it's not really that big of a deal. She's just a pawn right now. Yes. I, I And I really like that in this scene where this guy was like, just came out of nowhere, introduced, didn't even say a word yet. And I was going to be mad if Meg got the gun and shot him. him as a red shirt. And it's just like, <laughs> where'd that come from? We don't even know you. So I, I thought it was neat that it was like, oh, he's somebody that doesn't care about Meg. So like you said, Bruce, maybe she's a more of a pawn than we think. You shot me. <laughs> so mad. I can't believe you shot me. <laughs> Um, and I also liked his excuse of uh, how is he supposed to know if it doesn't work? That was good. I like that. Yeah. At least try to play it off before you run away. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does run away and gets to use his holy water to fend off the demons. And goddamn, did he look so smug after he did it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think holy water affects their shoes when they walk across <laughs> it? Well, we've seen it affect their clothes. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, so in um, Phantom Traveler, we saw it like burn through his clothes. So I I don't see why not choose. That makes sense then. I wanted to say, so like this whole time, Greg and I have been kind of hoping for this ninja uh, great fighter. Um, This felt like what I was looking for. It was a different version of it, but like the like, he was two steps ahead the whole time type thing was fantastic to watch. And I loved it because I was like, why is he blessing this water? And he because they showed him walking through that little tunnel too beforehand. So this is all planned out. So I, I loved it. I I agree. I just wish he he could still have ended up captured. I just wish he got away more than he did. Like, I don't know how they would do that writing wise, but to have been so smart and cunning and uh, this this bad hunter that everyone talks about and then to just completely fail because his tires are slashed and he does he go right back in the warehouse what what happens I'm, no he went he went to another oh like, like he just kept running okay yeah uh, but even so I, I wish he kind of like got away more so that it would be you you could have a moment to breathe and say like wow he is good but we we didn't get too long of thinking that before he was taken. I guess it would have been cool if like the tires weren't slashed and he drove away for a little bit type of thing, yeah. like thinking that he won something that got caught or something. Yeah. But I don't want that truck to get hurt anymore because you like that. Truck? I love that truck. <laughs> John ends up getting captured by Tom and Meg, and we never see him again. Bum, bum, bum. But on the boy's side. It's coming. So the boys 
know that the demon's coming, and they run into the house and are immediately attacked by the man of the house. That was pretty fantastic because, like, I was like, oh, they're breaking in. Oh, they're just they're just in somebody's house now. So I like that it was finally like defended a little bit. Like you can't just break into random houses all the time. They took care of him pretty easily, though. <laughs> that right. poor guy. <laughs> he he seemed pretty ready for them too. So I wonder if it was a case of what we talked about before, where it's like, boy, this car is conspicuous as hell. <laughs> just parked right across the street. <laughs> Dean is dealing with the husband downstairs. Sam runs upstairs just in time to see something with yellow eyes standing over the crib of the baby. And then he misses three bullets left. I like the when he made eye contact with the yellow eyes because like it gave us that like that's why he missed type thing because he like he took too long. Um, but I also like theorize that that's I, I, I I'm getting I'm going into predictions a little bit more um, as we're talking, but I feel like that was almost like a. He, I think he has a connection, more of a connection with him. So like when he when he caught that, you know, uh, those eyes, something yeah, happened. The demon disappears and Sam's able to grab the baby out of the crib just in time before it erupts in fire. That was a weird it's just, I mean, it was cool, but that was just a strange, uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's gone. And the cops is on fire. The boys get the family out of the house, but Sam is like holding the Colt to the back of the wife's head. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's definitely not intentional, but he still has the Colt out while running behind her. And like, Looks if he like- just trips, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old gun, too. It's not, <laughs> yeah. There's no safety on that, I'm sure. He's running. <laughs> so Is bad. It bad? <laughs> I told you. Oh, man. I can't believe nobody called that out. Like, the director, uh, like, hey, maybe don't run like that. <laughs> so we get our sappy moment of the episode, which... I did actually enjoy um, of seeing how much like the journey for these two have changed since the pilot. Um, so if you guys remember from the pilot, um, I think it's a moment on the bridge whenever they start arguing and um, Dean like lifts Sam off the ground and tells him not to talk about their mom like that. Um, whenever Sam's talking about how he doesn't even remember her. And then we kind of get the reverse now where um, Dean talks about how killing the demon won't bring them back. And now Sam gets upset and lifts Dean off the ground and throws him against the wall. And Dean gets a little emotional and says that if hunting this demon means you get yourself killed, then I hope we never find the damn thing. The three of us, it's all we have. It's all I have. Cried a manly tear during that one. Good. It's like watching your dad cry. It was uh, <laughs> when Dean gets emotional. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I can't handle it. That was a cool, like, like you said. I think this is a neat way to wrap up their their tension um, throughout the throughout the season. Them both just being vulnerable in the moment and kind of resolving a little bit and showing their true selves a little bit. We get to end the episode with Dean's best Batman impression. 
What's he say? Where is he? Is that what he says? <laughs> That's how he ends the show? Well, whenever Meg calls. Uh, oh, no. They call. And Meg answers. Oh, that's right. And Dean's just like, where is he? Cool. It's great. <laughs> what, what do we hear? Because we hear tells, something, right? Um, I think Meg just tells them that they're never going to see their father again. To be continued. Do they ever... Do they, yeah. Have we had an episode say to be continued before? Nope. First time. That was cool. <laughs> Two-parter. Reviews? Reviews. I give this episode nine nursery fire demons out of ten. I'm mostly just excited about the plot coming to an end, or or at least the episode focusing on the plot, because that's what season finales do. Um, and I'm I'm just really excited to see where it goes and how we will lead into the next season. <laughs> the boys and their dad have met their match. And um, did not defeat the demon in the the nursery, whatever it is. <laughs> did not defeat whatever Meg and our new guy Tom. And now Dad is captured. There's a lot going on, but um, it was such a different episode again because it's it's wrapping up the season. But uh, instead of our standard. Every week episode, we jump all over the map and a lot's going on. People are dying everywhere. And it was just an exciting episode and I loved it. And I give it nine fire nursery fire demons out of 10. I give this one nine and a half out of 10 manly feelings. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This, I think shows me why people love this show. Um, this episode was, I, I, I loved it. I had to give it 10 because I'm just waiting for the finale to be better. That, that, that's why I didn't get the, a 10 this week. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. I was never in this like, ah, we're going to just move on already. I I loved all the dialogue. I loved um any of the action scenes um meg was even okay in this one um um, okay (laughs) i laughed i cried it was beautiful it moved me um so i i'm just nine out of half nine and a half out of ten manly feelings i also give this episode nine and a half yellow-eyed demons out of ten um yeah it's it's just the culmination of everything we've seen um the overall story arc is coming to a head and even the emotional threads that have tied through every single episode we've seen so far um have all been building to this moment and one of the things i enjoy the most about this this episode is jeffrey dean morgan just killed it the whole time and um, we've talked about it before in some of the past episodes he's been in those episodes have made you realize how terrible of a father John Winchester has been their whole lives and how um, like seeing his actions make you kind of not like him as a character. But this episode, at least for me really flipped it and showed me why 
the boys do love their father so much, despite all the trauma that he put on them. Um, and I think the perfect example of that was the moment whenever Dean calls him out on his bullshit about calling um, the boys calling him. And he just has no problem admitting it. He tells Dean that he doesn't like this new voice he's found, but that he's right. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that's kind of the perfect example of what their childhood was probably like. Nine and a half yellow-eyed demons out of ten. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 22, Devil's Trap, the season finale. On a mission to save their father from Meg, Sam and Dean seek help from an old family friend. Do you think Pastor Jim's not dead? Came back. With a vengeance. I don't know. We saw him die pretty good. <laughs> pretty Maybe it was just it was, it was, it was a shallow cut. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't know who the um, new friend is going to be. That should be exciting. Um, my prediction is that next week we're going to uh, Sam and Dean are going to make their way to try to find dad, obviously, because we have that little bit of uh, hostage situation going on. Um, I'm saying that they're going to catch up with Meg, but there's going to be some type of battle or whatnot. Um, but like I said, she's expendable. So um, she's just going to be killed because father doesn't need her anymore. So they're going to be in this big scuffle with father and he's going to be in a scuffle. A scuffle with Dean and Dad. He's gonna have them dead to rights. Dad and Dean are gonna be up on the wall. You know, the one snap of his fingers, and Father's gonna slice their throats. And Sam, being in his last, like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. Will use his telekinesis to pick up the Colt and shoot him. <laughs> and so I'm also predicting that mom and Jess will appear and then fade away as there is a resolution. Okay. Okay. For those listening at home, love Bruce is waving his fingers. This is, this is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so Bruce, um, do you still expect Sam to turn into Superman for this finale? Um, I, I know. Um, I want the telekinesis though. I, I need one more power other than secret dreams. Okay. Um, you, you said that Meg's going to die. Um, mm-hmm. do you think that will be at the hands of the cult or some other method? I think father is just going to release whatever demon is in her and she's just going to be dead. Okay. So you think they'll kill father and we'll end the season with by the episodes count. Or by the show's count, currently, two bullets left for the Colt. Mm, now I'm questioning that. There'll be some firefight, and they'll miss a couple times, maybe. So you think they'll get him with the last bullet? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I'm excited. Um, I did put down that, uh, like I said earlier, Sam's going to have a connection to all of this um, because he was the baby that got away. Um, so I'm thinking like a Harry Potter situation. So he has to be the one to kill him because he is connected somehow. Okay. The love is his father and the mother. The is inside him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. 
Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Natural Friends Podcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continued support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. friends. Hey, hey, you there. You should write a review. Remember, put those reviews in so I can say them with your choice of accent. Uh, Is that an accent? I will, I will work a little harder on my <laughs> accent in the future. Wait, wait. What accent did you just I was do? I tried for a New York accent, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Not a horse. It's a doll. <laughs> Accents are hard. my guys and dolls accent. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I worked a little harder on them. (laughs)